0: Two kids and a career is a production of Jill Divine Media.
1: Lawyers and judges really see this as a business relationship, and we're just trying to get to the next thing. That's very, very hard when it comes down to a parenting plan when kids are involved. There's no way, I, you know, I, I'm a father myself. There's no way you could talk about your kids without being emotional, um, right? You know, oh, I'm, I'm going to miss Christmas every other year. Oh, that's no problem, you know. That no, that even if you agree with it, it's still emotional. The big thing is trying to take the. You can't take the emotion out of it yourself, but try and have someone that can help guide you and help you find your peace.
0: Two Kids in a Career is brought to you by Blondin Real Estate. They're a family-owned boutique-style brokerage with over 40 years of experience serving the counties that surround St. Louis. See the properties they have to offer at BlondinRealEstate.com. That's BlondinRealEstate.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Unfortunately, we have to have tough conversations sometimes. And while... I don't always want to have tough conversations. I love being an outlet for that because I really love that this podcast can help someone and it can resonate with someone. And so I'm I don't want this to seem like it's going to be a down episode because I think that it's a, going to be a great episode full of knowledge. You'll understand why I am saying I don't want this to be a down episode. When I introduce my guest, Mark Haefner of Haefner Law Office, I would like to welcome you to the podcast. And I'm sorry that we have to talk about
1: divorce. <laughs> yeah, usually say if you're talking to me, you're having a bad day.
0: We're just actually going to make this a good day and provide people with a lot of knowledge, so to speak. So, I mean... Honestly, I am not surprised by some of the stats that I have seen ever since the pandemic started. You have people that are forced to be at home and some people think, well, what's the big deal with that? Husband and wife, they should know each other. I mean, it's not anything, you know, unusual and it can be unusual because Everybody's circumstance is different and you never know what's happening. You you just don't know. So there have been some articles that I have read and basically saying that the number of divorces has definitely been on the rise since the pandemic started. Do you want to talk a little bit about that first?
1: Yeah, sure. So let's start with the good news. I've read reports that, uh, 30% of couples report that they're actually closer now since, uh, since they've been kind of quarantined and locked up and and spending more time together. So that's, that's the good news. Now, the bad news is divorces, um, are, are up sometimes as much as 30%. I've read 34%, uh, especially short, short marriages. Um, whereas they were saying like 11% of people who were married five months or less a year ago, um, we're, we're filing for divorce. Now that that number was up to about, I want to say 25%. So definitely being at home and, and around this person um, is either, seems to be drawing you know, closer together or further apart.
0: <laughs> right. One or the other. <laughs> um, I wanted to have you on though, because again, when we have to have some tough conversations or not even tough conversations, I want experts on. I think that what's great about this is so many times there are topics like divorce that you can talk about with friends as far as just oh it's happening or they're going through it but you don't know details and you don't know details because you haven't been in it if that makes sense like you don't even know where to begin well I don't like to say I want to equip you with this information just in case, but why not? Why not have this information or have it handy for maybe a friend of yours, family member that may need it? I think that it's just one of those things that we don't educate ourselves on, and it's probably a good idea to at least know some basic stuff. Now, Mark, you went through a divorce and you have some some information that you can provide to the listener as to how to handle things or just how it affects you personally outside of being a lawyer.
1: Yeah. um, I got married pretty young, uh, and then we kind of just realized we grew apart. So what we had, we we were married for for under three years, married at 23, divorced at 26. Um, And what I actually, I was a divorce lawyer during that time, and the way that I did our divorce was not the way I was doing anybody else's divorce. And I thought, why can't it be this easy for everyone? Um, so I kind of started changing the whole mindset of my practice. And instead, you know, I, I was working for a firm then, but I, I started really changing my focus to the billable hour to as as peaceful as you can make it for the person. When, you know, when when you're coming to a divorce lawyer, you're not at peace. Uh, and that's basically what we're we're trying to provide for you. So that's where I started doing, you know, my my divorce was the first uncontested divorce I did. And ever since then, I've been pushing it whenever possible. It's not always possible. Sometimes someone's being unreasonable or there's certain things you just can't agree on. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a full-blown, drawn-out, we're going to take this to trial. Um, we settle over 90% of our cases without having to go to trial. Uh, sometimes we have to ask the judge to weigh in on an issue here or there. But by and large... Um, the divorce process. And, and I, I know you mentioned it can be very scary and, and a lot of people don't know about it. And it is one of those subjects people don't necessarily want to talk about. And just because you know, you're know you going through one and your friend went through one, their situation is going to be very different than yours. There are yeah. some core elements though all the time. And there's a lot of people that call me and, they, and they, they're embarrassed because they don't know anything about the divorce process. And my response is you shouldn't. This is not something that people should know. Uh, This isn't something that, you know, they teach you in school, by the way, when you go through a divorce, X, Y, Z, but when you get an experienced family law attorney, they really know, um, you know, they've seen it all, there's nothing to be shy about, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Uh, This happens, you know, upwards of of half the marriages um, and divorce, I've I've read it's a little bit less than half now, but uh, that was pre COVID numbers, I don't know how it's going to go now. But it, it is something that, quite frankly, no matter how educated you are, you're you're definitely coming into the divorce blind, which is one of the reasons why I decided to write uh, write the book is to at least give some education to some core core uh, issues that are going to come up in almost every case, as well as is kind of some tips on how to make it as painless as possible. Because really, that should be the goal um, is to try and get this thing done for for you for for your children, and everyone's going to be a lot happier uh, if you if you can get it done without having to have a knockdown drag out. And definitely it's going to be much more cost effective.
0: Well, the thing too, when you, I didn't even think about this, like when people are embarrassed, I mean, it's personal stuff. It's personal. A, you're talking about a failed marriage. So there's stuff there. You have no idea, like you said, what the situation is. So that can be embarrassing, you you would think. Like some people think that. And then, you know, you're looking at the personal assets of everything within that couple's life. So I I really admire that you said that because it's kind of like when you go to the doctor's office, they're like, we've seen it all. (laughs) You're not overly special. Um, So... In that regard, meaning, you know what? Listen, I'm here to help. I'm not going to judge you. Let's just make this work.
1: Absolutely. The only time that I actually encourage divorce is if there's domestic violence. That's one of those situations where I'm like, okay, this is this is not a situation where you should really think it over. Um, I've had too many clients that that have been uh, killed by their spouse to where I'm like, (sighs) oh, yeah maybe we should try this. No, domestic violence. If that's the situation I I generally say, get out. Otherwise I I generally encourage people to try going to couples therapy, see what you could talk about. But you know, I, as you mentioned, a lot of people see it as a failure and it's not a failure. You have to have to do, I just, I'm a firm believer of life's pretty short. You got to do it. It's going to make you happy. And if you're no longer happy and you're miserable, it's not good for your kids to see you that way it's not good for your spouse to be in that position it's a lot of times a lot better for everyone to have a happy life apart than an unhappy one together and that's one thing that a lot of people need to remember when you're when you're going through the process is you're make you're doing this to make yourself happy and everybody else happy um, and especially kids raised you know in an unhappy marriage it's not good for them and it's not a good example for them to see that's how you should grow up and just kind of grit, grit your teeth and, and, you know, white knuckle it through life. There's a
0: couple things that I wanted to address. I mean, you have couples like you said with your ex-wife where you just, you're able to get through it. I mean, it's it, both parties agree. It's n- just easy to make things happen, but Uh, Maybe I am assuming, so you can help me with this, but I would think there's a, the majority, there's a lot of hate involved maybe, and it's hard to kind of see through the red.
1: Yeah, there, there's, there's definitely, it's an emotional time. I mean, there's no getting around it. Even in the most uh, business-like of divorces, there's still emotion involved. And that's one of the reasons why you need a good attorney to help kind of give you some guidance and some advice is to take the emotion out of it and say, okay, how are we going to get you to the next phase? What's important to you? What do we need to focus on? Um, One of the issues that I see a lot is, oh, my spouse is cheating on me. Well, the reality is most of the time the courts don't care. You're not going to walk away with the house and all of the retirement because he cheated on you or she cheated on you. You know, lawyers and judges really see this as a business relationship and we're just trying to get to the next thing. That's very, very hard when it comes down to a parenting plan when kids are involved. There's no way, you know, I'm a father myself there's no way you could talk about your kids without being emotional. Um, right. You know, Oh, I'm, I'm going to miss Christmas every other year. Oh, that's no problem. You know that, no, that even if you agree with it, it's still emotional. The big thing is trying to take the, you can't take the emotion out of it yourself, but try and have someone that can help guide you and help you find your peace and, and, and do it without the emotion involved. And like I said, we settle over 90% of our cases. Um, and that's just basically saying, look, we could take this to trial if you want. You're gonna waste a lot of money, you're gonna waste a lot of time, and the stress that a divorce carries on you, even in the most friendly of divorces, there's a lot of stress involved in it.
0: Oh, and and we're coming up on the holidays. We are still in a pandemic, and <laughs> there's a lot of stress hanging above all of us. I want to dive into your book and talk a little bit about that. Now, I will say the book, it's Exit Strategy, Understanding and Handling Your Missouri Divorce. While you understand that I am based here in St. Louis, um, even if you are outside of Missouri, this book still has some great tips from Mark, which we're going to talk about right now. Um, So the book, you go through just really like breaking it down. Like it's not, I don't want to say it's not lawyer talk because it is lawyer talk, but it makes sense to the person like me, just the average Joe, just reading it to say, Oh, okay. I didn't think about this. So let's talk about some of those things that you felt were super important that had to be in this book.
1: Yeah. One of the the first things that I, I always recommend and is almost always ignored is get off social media.
0: Mm-hmm, that was what I had written down, question yeah. mark.
1: <laughs> it's one of those things that in almost every trial that we do end up going to, it comes into play. Now, whether that be someone wrote something in frustration, that a photo of you got tagged uh, when you had the kids and you're holding a beer in the background, uh, social media is not your friend during an emotional time. You know, the problem with having uh, instant access to put your word out there is a lot of times you're not thinking it through. So Mm -hmm. my, my best advice is get off social media. Don't post. Um, don't, this is not a a place for you to air your grievances and you see it all the time. I'm sure everyone's got uh, someone on their friends list that just every aspect of their life is out there on social media. And you're like, what are you doing?
0: I know. Right.
1: Especially if your kids are your friends, there's a lot of people that are friends with their, you know, teen children, and then they go on and, and the top post is their mom railing about their dad or vice versa. So social media is probably the thing that I, I recommend the most. And it's also ignored the most. It's, it's just not a good, good time to do it. You know, there's a lot of other things that I recommend getting your, your, your financial knowledge in order. Um, you'd be shocked how many people have no idea what they even earned last year or how much they have in retirement or some people don't even know what their income is. Um, Those are things where it's like, okay, eventually we're going to have to make a financial disclosure to the court. So maybe start pulling those, Uh, especially if you're planning on leaving the house or something and all the uh, tax returns are in the office drawer or something. Run copies of those. So just being kind of prepared for what you're going to have to do is is sometimes you're going to come in ahead of the game.
0: All right. Something that you mentioned earlier, the parenting plan. Yes. How does one even know what to do, how to do that. I mean, it, do you Google parenting plan ideas? I mean, who wants to do that?
1: I, I can, I'll give you a quick crash course on how parenting plans tend to go in Missouri. Okay. Uh, I know I, I even got a call this morning where someone said, well, everyone knows the dad gets screwed. That's not really how things go anymore. The The goal in Missouri is, tends to be 50-50. In fact, I believe okay. even something that if you don't do 50-50, you have to put in there why you're not doing 50-50 and that's not to say 50 50 is the best thing for the kids in every case uh the parenting plan when they do the 50 50 my personal favorite and the court loves it too it's called a 2255 schedule and that's where one parent always has monday and tuesday overnight the other parent always has wednesday and thursday overnight and then you alternate the children friday saturday sunday overnight so you have the kids for two nights then you have them for five nights and the reason i like this plan is it's real easy to plan okay, I'm going to sign, you know, Billy up for soccer practices are on Tuesday nights. Those are my nights. Great. I can make sure he gets there. Um, you know, if I say, Hey, we want to do a vacation in, in three weeks. We want to leave on a Wednesday. Well, nope, that's, that's mom's day. So I can't, I can't do that or take it away and let, without getting her permission first. So there's a lot of things that are keeping things consistent. Plus the kids aren't constantly asking every day, whose house am I going to tonight? Yeah, they know Monday and Tuesday is you know Mom's night. Wednesday, Thursday is Dad's night. And the questions they have is, "Where am I going this weekend?" But most of the time, they remember where they were last weekend.
0: Oh, that that makes it seem pretty logical to listen, you know, to that understanding.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it's a lot easier on the kids to know where they're going to be on what night. Uh, well,
0: routine. We all know that, like routine and structure. That's that's so key in a in a kids' development and in their life.
1: Absolutely. And I think if anything COVID's shown us is that kids are pretty resilient if they know what's going on. I know uh, my kid is doing like e-learning, for example. He's in second grade and he knows he needs to log in on these days at these times and and do it because there's a schedule and it's easy for him to remember.
0: I don't like talking about domestic violence, but who does? I feel like I just didn't ask enough questions about that, a a very serious topic. I think that I, in all honesty, should have Talked a little bit more about that because divorce is serious. And while I'm trying to make it a lighthearted conversation, there are certain things that are not lighthearted. Domestic violence is one of them. And so I guess my question to you is do clients come to you? victims of domestic violence? And are they always open and honest? I mean, what if do you just have it in your gut that you just know? I mean, because that is um, I've talked to somebody recently about domestic violence in regard to, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, just leave them. I can't believe you would stay in that relationship. Just leave them. But it's a form of abuse and you have no idea what's going on in their head and, and how scared they are. So how do you navigate that as a lawyer? And how what would you say for someone who may be listening who is so scared to death?
1: Domestic violence, my position is this. if If you're not safe, you need to leave. Don't worry about the stuff. I can get that later. Don't worry about the money. I'll deal with that later. You need to be safe. That's first and foremost. And take your kids with you. Um, the courts have what's called protection orders. They have adult ones. They have children ones. You can go to the court and get those. They're they're issued right away. And while you know they're very good, they're pieces of paper. What I say is get yourself to safety. You know don't don't worry about the money stuff. We'll work all that out down the line. Um, the other thing I have to say to a lot of my domestic violence clients is this: I know you want to be done, but don't get into an agreement that you, you're going to regret down the line. A lot of people are like, they can have everything, I just want to get out. You know, By the time they come to me, they're generally ready to just literally run with the clothes on their back. A good lawyer is going to make sure that, that no, we're not, we're not necessarily just going to leave you hang out to dry. Um, and And the long term on the domestic violence, a lot of times there's two types of custody. There's the physical custody and there's the legal custody. And legal custody is the parents have like equal say on major decisions for the kids, such as medical, education, things like that. Well, if you're a victim of domestic violence, that's not equal bargaining power. You can't say, you know, I think it should be this, and have the person go, yeah, well, I really think this. If there's a history of every time you disagreed, uh, there was violence involved, that's not equal bargaining power. So I generally, in those t- situations, ask for sole legal custody. So that way this other person has to keep the other one informed but they're not looking for permission uh, or acceptance from the other parent because it's not equal bargaining but the domestic violence cases they're they're hard because you know this person just is is ready to be done and while i think a lot of them are forthcoming with your attorney and by the way you absolutely should be it's going to change the way that that we negotiate Uh, it's going to change what we're trying to set up for you if we think everything is great between you and your spouse And it turns out, you know, like I said, every time you disagree, there's violence involved. We need to know that so we can make a plan that's going to make your life better. Not that you're constantly, you know, having to to deal with this person because half the reason you're getting the divorce is so that way you can be done, so you can get out of it. And we could break that cycle uh, where you feel like you do not have the power. And that, you know, domestic violence is one of those situations, like I said, I, I, even though I'm a divorce lawyer, I don't generally encourage divorce unless there's that situation. And, and, and sadly, it does end tragically. Not always, but but far too often. And, and that's not good for anybody. And it, also, children raised in houses with domestic violence presence tend to find themselves in domestic violence relationships yeah. down the line. So you need to get out of there and be the role model for your parent, uh, as a parent for your children. Uh, Because you do not want them in that same situation you're in down the line. It is one of those things that I firmly believe there is no place for violence in a loving relationship. Mm -mm. And uh, that's one of the few times where I'm like, go, get done today, go pack your stuff, call, call a family member or a friend. And if you don't have those, you know, I've had clients that I've driven myself to shelter just because it's not a safe situation.
0: Well, how do you separate it sometimes, Mark? I, I mean, you have to take on this incredible emotional journey that people are giving you. I mean, is it as simple as you just got to leave it at work?
1: You know, it's one of those things um, why a lot of family law attorneys burn out, especially is because it is a very emotional, emotional time. And, and, and it's hard to leave it at work because if, if you feel like if you don't do your job, you have failed this person and, and you've messed up their life. So, you know, when I was younger, I I was sleeping at the office probably three or four nights a week. Um, I just, I couldn't let it go. And I burned out pretty early. Um, I've learned to kind of manage it a little bit better. Uh, But, but yeah, it is one of those things. And most, most family law attorneys, your problems are their problems. Um, But it's one of those things you just have to learn over time. And I have had attorneys that work for me where I've sat down and said, this is not for you. I mean, you're taking on too much. It's I can see it's ruining uh, your, your desire for the law. It's ruining your, your own personal relationships. You know, I've had to tell attorneys, you cannot come in to work this weekend or or any weekend you need to spend time with your family. Uh, The, the work will be here on Monday. So it's, it's learning the learning to balance is really important uh, in, in my job and also making sure that your outlet is healthy, you know, that people don't turn to, to alcohol or, or other, other dangerous things. But it is, you know, there's a lot of good family law attorneys out there that really want to help and that have learned to, to balance it. What I definitely recommend when you're looking for a family law attorney, though, is find someone that specializes in family law. Because you don't want to have that guy that does bankruptcies, does personal injury, does all this stuff. And then he's got to deal with the divorce with all the emotions that's attached on that Um, because then you're going to come to the bottom of the list of things he wants to do that day.
0: Well, I was also going to say, though, I don't know, maybe this is wrong of me to say, but you kind of want somebody, too, like you, who's caring and can help navigate. the. I mean, if if I'm going in there full of tears, the last thing I need is somebody who's cold and um, just even though I know you need to be matter of fact, but someone that can, can actually rub my back and be like, it's going to be okay.
1: You know, I, I would think so, but I'm not a good fit for a lot of people. Sometimes they want someone to go, yeah. They, if someone says, look, I want to go in, I, they cheated on me, I want to go for the throat, they, I don't want them seeing the kids or anything. I try and say, look, that's not, that's not going to be a winning strategy. I, I'm a big believer of, I'm not going to take your money unless I think I can, I can help you. And a lot of people want someone that's a lot more aggressive. They want someone that's more matter of fact. Uh, sometimes, but I, I've also always told my clients, I'm not a therapist. Trust me, you can get someone a lot better than me for a lot less money to listen to your problems. So, you know, you've got some some attorneys that want to empathize and, and they'll sit and they'll talk to you for four or five hours and all the time that that, that billable hours go oh. over and over. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's there's different attorneys for different people. I personally try and be the attorney that I would want if I were going through a situation. And I, I really stress that on my team as well. Uh, and I think we've got a great team that we're very empathetic and we try and, and really ease the stress of the situation. That is one of our core values is, is our our job is to make our clients' lives better and easier, not increase the stress. But some people want someone who is just a go-for-the-throat uh, attorney. And sometimes that's that's just not us and i will I will be very open uh in our in our phone calls and in our initial meetings of saying, "Look, I don't think we're a great fit. I think you might need to go somewhere else and I know uh, different attorneys practice different ways, and I've referred a lot of very good, very good paying cases to other attorneys because I just think they're going to be a better fit.
0: Well, it sounds like you have a little bit of both. You can be aggressive but also empathetic at the same time, so that's always a good thing oh
1: absolutely I, I, empathetic and 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 trying to settle when possible doesn't mean that you're afraid to go to court. If someone's being reasonable, you have to draw a line in the sand eventually. Um, so you really need to not be afraid to go to court, but also do it only if it makes sense. Because again, it is a very costly decision to th- take something all the way to trial. So you gotta really think hard if you're gonna do it, and then you gotta have the right attorney guiding you and saying, okay, this makes sense. This isn't great. I, I had a call this morning, for example. We're about $84 apart on a, on a full settlement, the entire divorce. They're like, okay, let's go to trial. I said, well, let's run the numbers on this. If we do a trial, it's probably going to cost you both. Let's just be conservative, $8,000 to do the trial. So how much is that going to be in the $84? Mm. Realistically, 15-year-old kid, it doesn't make sense. Financially, it just doesn't make sense. Just pay the $84, be done. I can have this done for you tomorrow rather than you know March uh, at a trial date, then you've paid me all this extra money and there's still no guarantee of success. So you also got to weigh it out and and understand not everything is always going to be fair, but it it tends to get, you you weigh the pros with the cons whenever you're doing any settlement.
0: Before we wrap up, I want to make sure if there was something that I missed or what you consider super important to take into consideration, um, to, to discuss it now, like what should you leave the listener with?
1: The thing that I see the most, and, and this is people that come to me later on, is they made a parenting plan that doesn't make sense. Um, you know, they I'll have a husband, for example, that insists on getting 50-50 and we get them 50-50 and they call me a year later and they're like, I cannot do this. I have to work. I can't stay home and do e-learning with the kids and, and, and do the other stuff. You know, I, I get there is a little bit of a discount if you do a 50/50 parenting plan, but it's you need to do something that's going to make sure that you're you're doing something that makes a lot of sense, that's best for your kids, that's best for everybody involved. Rather than making sure that you win, or that it's quote unquote fair, just do something that works. That works for everybody. Um, dig heels in only when it's necessary, and and really listen to your attorney, but don't let your emotions uh, on what you think is is fair given to what you can actually do. Um, Don't get emotional about assets and listen to your attorney. Is kind of a kind of my takeaways.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it's hard when it's, you want everything to be fair and it's hard to turn it off and say, okay, this is not about me and him or him and her. It's about the kids. If there are kids involved and sometimes well, all the time. There's a lot of gray in this crazy world. It's not all black and white. So,
1: and it doesn't end when they turn eighteen either. Um, you know, I've got I've got two stepchildren, 25 and 22. We were talking with their dad just this week. These kids grow up, and it's not like there's a magic. I never have to deal with this person afterwards. It goes on and on and on, and then uh, eventually there's going to be weddings and 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 uh, births of grandchildren and things like that. If you could make this an easier process, I have found that long term, it's a much better process down the line as well.
0: It's just the emotions probably at the beginning that for sure take a lot of things to another level. And then, yeah, maybe hopefully it evens out down the end. Um, Okay, the book. Uh, Can you get it anywhere uh, online? Where do you want people to look for the book?
1: Yeah, Amazon uh, We is, is primarily where we're selling it right now. We have a, the Amazon, there's a Kindle version. I know a lot of people don't want to read about divorce while sitting next to themselves.
0: So, uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about Kindle that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and then if you call, and we do free phone, phone consultations. And if, if uh, you call the office and do a phone consultation, I want to copy the book. We send it out from here as well.
0: Okay, what's the phone number?
1: 314 uh, 200. 6-1-0-1.
0: I will have that number and a link to your book on the show notes at JillDevine.com. Mark, thanks again for your time and providing some very important knowledge and advice to the listener and myself. And before I get to the Supermom shout out, I want to talk about blonde and real estate. Now, something that Mark said earlier earlier in the episode, uh, social media, how people will get on social media and blast their soon to be ex. And it's just not good all in all. I mean, think about the kids, all of that. You you just don't want to do it. You want to be careful. Well, I can tell you that you're not going to get any kind of crazy from blonde and real estate on social media. You're going to get the exact opposite. You're going to see all kinds of things that make you feel good and smile. They help you stay current on market Conditions and values and properties for sale in your area by following them on social media. And to get to their social media accounts, just go to blondinrealestate.com to choose from Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the other great thing about Blondin Real Estate, they know your community inside and out. They're specialists at that. And you will see that when you follow them on social media. And again, at blondinrealestate.com. Before I end this week's episode, you know what time it is. It is time for the Supermom Shoutout. And I have to say, whenever I get a notification in my email for Supermom Shoutout, it just brings an instant smile to my face because it just shows that these women may not feel that they are appreciated for the job they're doing and they really are like people are seeing what you do and they are recognizing it and every time I read one of these nominations it just brings all the feels so let's just get to it Uh this week's super mom shout out it comes on behalf of a mom to her daughter Donna nominates Jessica of O'Fallon Missouri she says Jessica is a supermom because she is hardworking, doing her full time job, and making sure four children are doing their schoolwork at the same time. She is always putting the kids first in everything. Jessica, I see you and I support you. And this is your supermom shout out. If you know a mom that needs to get a supermom shout out, email me hello at jilldevine.com. Give me her name, where she's from, and a brief description as to why she deserves the Supermom shout out. You can also get updated on the podcast by following me on Instagram at Jill or visiting JillDevine.com. And I would love if you took a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Also share it with a friend or two. I really appreciate the support and I appreciate the feedback. I wish you a wonderful day and I will talk to you next week on a new episode of
1: Two Kids and a Career.